Hello there, everyone, and welcome back to episode seven. That's right, seven of Sight to be with you. This time, my special guest is Amanda Jones Rincon, uh, a fellow PhD student in psychology looking at video games. We chatted also about Take This, uh, teaching during a PhD. We had a great tangent about June. This was a really fun episode with a, a really just awesome guest. It was a great time. I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. As ever, all the information and links and all that is in the description wherever you found this podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. If you do, let us know. Give us a review, all that type of business. Uh, but yeah, enjoy the episode. I really hope you do. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode... Don't worry, I'll get the number right this time. Seven of sight to be with you it is an absolute pleasure and a privilege to once again be sharing the stage with another special guest uh this is going to be another great chat so as ever i am psyched to be with you but please my very special guest please could you tell us who you are what you do and what you do when you're not doing that and maybe why you do it uh hi um i am amanda jones Rincon. i am a phd student at university of texas at san antonio and I'm also a workshop consultant with TakeThis.org. Uh, when I'm not doing those, I'm probably gaming or being with my one-year-old daughter. And why I do what I do, um, I mean, I guess we'll get to that in the interview. <laughs> I mean, I love games and I love psychology and there you go. I wow. combine the two and that's how I got where I am today. I mean, if you if you couldn't guess already, if you've listened with us before, you'll know that this is a, an excellent fit for the program, which is why this interview got arranged. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Amanda, great to have you here. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. Wow. Um, let's Thank get, you for having me. Let's get straight into the deep end. The PhD, these are the two questions that I can guarantee all PhD students hate, and I say that as one myself. <laughs> What's your PhD in, and when do you think you'll be mm -hmm. finished? So uh, my PhD is in psychology. It's just a general basic psychology program uh, where you find your own specialty in it. Um, so my specialty is social psychology. Um, so I work with a social psychologist uh, as my advisor, uh, Dr. Michael Bauman, in case anyone out there knows him. And I kind of bring my gaming expertise to him and we are doing a dissertation that combines gaming and social psych. Um, so I don't know if you want me to get into that now or mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Um, so in a nutshell, uh, my dissertation is about how COVID has changed gaming. Um, so the first part will be, has gaming allowed for us to meet our basic needs during the pandemic? So our basic psychological needs, are they being taken care of? And is video, are video games helping with that? And the second part is motivations for uh, playing games. Have they changed during the pandemic? So for example, you know, maybe you played to be a completionist before the pandemic, like that was your big thing, but maybe your motivations have need, and needs have changed to be more social. So I know a lot of us have turned either more to gaming or got introduced to gaming through the pandemic just to keep in touch with everybody. Um, so that's kind of the, 
a quick pitch of what I'm studying. I mean, purely as an opinion, but yes and mm-hmm. yes, like is the is the short answer to that. <laughs> like yes, <laughs> pretty much. We we suspect yes, but now we get to uh, measure it and. Not so much interfere, but interact with those yeses. Yeah, well, I mean that—that's the thing about like you know science, isn't it? It's not just the like we can infer as as you know yeah. psychology nerdy people that yeah, probably is the case. But we need to look at that and actually measure it, and you know find the proof in the pudding, as it were. Right. Yeah. Um, as to when I'm finishing, uh, the goal is May of 2022. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Okay, well, so. that's 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 pretty awesome. I mean, if you've got... So you sort of talked about, like, the PhD dissertation there. I've sort of found from, like, my PhD journey, uh, I always joke, but it's like, um, I've started the main quest, and then I did the tutorial, and I've just mm-hmm. done sub-quests since. Like, have you got anything else that you've kind <laughs> of become involved with through through the journey yourself? Yeah, I, um, I work with my advisor in his lab um, as to be expected in my program that you're going to work with your advisor on whatever they're working on. Um, So he is on a grant with the Army Research Institute to study multi-team systems, which isn't gaming related at all. Uh, It's very left field for me. Um, To kind of get into that in a nutshell, basically how teams work together in a larger system to, to be very uh, uh what's the word I, i'm not going to get too into it because it gets very complicated so i i work on that kind of research with my advisor um i've i've done a few other side projects but nothing to like nothing major I'm trying, I'm really trying to focus on getting my dissertation done. So most side projects are put to the side, um, which is where they belong, really. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I, I don't regret doing side projects at all. Like, especially in my early PhD years, like they were necessary. You know, you got to go present something at conferences, but right now I'm, I need to hunker down and I'm in the process of doing that. No, that's that's fair. I mean, so yeah. I mean, we're yeah, you know, we're joking. Oh yeah, we can obviously say as nerds, you know, and that's a title I'm imposing on myself, not on you. Uh, like you mm-hmm. know, yeah, gaming <laughs> and COVID. I mean, that's a really like on the pulse research area. Um, right. I mean, do you like what do you see as sort of like the next stage beyond that? So you know, so you get dissertation done, then are you going to look to like publish it? Are you going to look to continue researching it? Like, what would you want to do? like the next level i am well i would of course like to publish it um that would be cool (laughs) um as for afterward i um my dream for the longest time was to work in the video game industry as a researcher um however i'll i'll tell you that the the recent um uh, legal issues that Blizzard and uh, Riot and all these other companies have come under with sexual harassment, and sexual 
allegations. I mean, legal investigations continuing for legality's sake. But yeah, like that has put a lot of uh, unrest and uncertainty and I think disquiet an industry that even like as as early as like, well, as recently as last year was being looked at for like Mm. crunch and things like that. Like the industry was under fire anyway, you know? Yeah, I think I think this like this whole thing at Blizzard just kind of set the tipping point for me. It kind of broke my heart. Like how how can I want to work in an industry that treats just their base employees poorly, but especially you know women and um, women of color and probably also queer women or queer people terribly. Um, so actually, my saving grace with that was getting. Uh, hired with take this um <laughs> we'll get, we'll get I, I, that in, a, in a second yeah I think, I think i don't know the optimist in me is like and i you know i say this as a, a disabled person you know probably someone who was mm-hmm. not you know probably also faced some sort of issues with that type of thing is i want to be like mm-hmm. there's got to be a place for us in the industry though right like there's got to be like even you know i know with we're, we're, we're listing big names but you know mm-hmm. there are some there are good developers out there right like sh- surely or am, I, or am i dreaming you know I I know I definitely think that there are good developers and people in the industry. I just um I think the overall sense of trouble just kind of was the straw that broke the camel's back for me. I don't know. I, as as a as a female gamer, I have faced many a harassment just casual casually gaming. Mm-hmm. Right? And uh you know, I, I knew it happened in the industry. I mean, that this stuff unfortunately happens in all sorts of industries. Um, but just knowing it was this bad in like my dream job mm. just kind of especially hit me really hard. Um, so I haven't given up all hope. I just for for the moment, I'm <laughs> not looking in that direction. No, for that, postgraduate work. That's fair. And I, I think, you If know, that makes sense. There is no way to even, like, begin to, like, explain. Because as you say, unfortunately, these type of things happen all the time in all sorts of places. Mm-hmm. And it's a real it's a real problem for anyone of any other diversity. <laughs> like, yeah. Unfortunately. And that, that's not to minimize, like, a particular group. It's just, you know, if, if you're listening to this, you know, you either know what we mean. Or if you don't, well, please listen. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I, I'll speak to how I've been affected as like a woman and as a uh, someone who is queer, but I can't speak to other people of other um, demographics. demographics. Yeah. 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 Okay. So that that's like the reach outside of stuff. Um, take this uh, again. If you've if you've been with others before on the show or on the stream, you'll know we love take this. Let's talk about take this because you know. <laughs> I I was like as enthused when I heard that you'd got this position as I think I ever have for anyone getting another job. Uh, <laughs> despite the fact that we we only know each other yeah. through Twitter, but I was like, yes, this is amazing. <laughs> I um I'll admit I when I got the email saying I got accepted, I totally cried. I was so happy. <laughs> I was so thrilled. Um yeah, so I consultant so, so sorry, basically for, with... for those that don't know i'll let you do the full pitch but what is what is oh. take this so go on you're the, oh, okay. you're the employee hit everyone with it 
Oh boy. Um, <laughs> so Take This is a uh, nonprofit mental health um, sort of company that helps uh, bring mental health awareness to the, the gaming industry and gaming communities. Um, it's kind of the, the best <laughs> elevator pitch of that I can do. Um, that's fine. We, we love take this here. <laughs> yeah. So what was, uh, um, so just walk us through like the application, like like the process. So like you, you saw a role, it was a workshop consultant. Oh, so I, I guess if we want to get into the whole thing, um, I, I had seen the posting on Twitter and I kind of had some imposter syndrome about it at first. I'm like, well, I'm not even done with my PhD. Like, do I qualify? And, um, I was, I was talking to my therapist about it actually about my, uh, game industry woes. And she had found that posting during our session. And she's like, you should apply to this because that's, this seems really up your alley. And I told her, Oh, I saw it wasn't sure about it and she kind of talked me into it saying you know this is part of your therapeutic regimen now like you have to apply <laughs> J just to apply and I'm like okay I'm not gonna argue with you you're the professional um so I applied and I interviewed with uh Eve and Dr. B who are the um you know the CEOs the, the big wigs of take this if you will and the interview went great. Like I, I had a good time and apparently they liked me enough to hire me. So I, I think I, it, again, uh, I feel like it's, this is, it's, it's, it's me being partly intrusive, but also just like as a psychologist, I find interviewing a really interesting situation, but like what type mm -hmm. of stuff did they ask? Did they, did they ask you anything you weren't expecting? They're like, cause you know, we've all had, you know, we've all had interviews for stuff. Right. But like, right. I can't imagine an interview setting where I'm getting asked about like, video games and nerdy stuff like you know so well as a side note i whenever i bring up like in interviews in general like to like i guess more ordinary jobs if you will i i have brought up that i've been a gamer before and then sometimes those interviews do devolve into gaming um so don't be afraid to bring up your gaming habits uh <laughs> um i mean well, at first it was kind of maybe a typical interview. And then they asked me my opinions on pretty hot topics like violence and gaming, um, gaming addiction, uh, intersectionality. And this is all stuff that I've either studied or researched. So I felt pretty confident, you know, telling them how I feel about it. Um, you know, what I think the pros and cons of each of those are, like where we stand research-wise. And yeah, we talked about just how I've been able to incorporate gaming into my entire academic career, which I, I didn't think was possible when I was an undergrad, but here we are. <laughs> so. Okay, that's pretty awesome. And then you, you found out, you, you got the role. I mean, what does the role entail? Again, this is me purely being nosy, but that's kind of the premise for the podcast. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> um, so they kind of assembled a team of us. I believe there's five to six uh, workshop consultants. <clears throat> Excuse me. To where they are 
they are increasingly in demand with uh, the industry and communities to, yeah, very good, <laughs> to um, host these workshops or, you know, kind not really training, if you will, but kind of like a short class about matters in the industry that we specialize in, but they need some help on. So part of my role is to, uh, whenever a workshop needs to be edited or created or given, um, and it's within my purview, so within my specialty, I will edit or <laughs> give it um, to the company and just bring my expertise to the table. I am not going to lie, I did look at that job like you know very enviously i was like i mean you know because again for contractual obligation reasons i'm obliged to say i'm not allowed to take a job that isn't my phd work uh, so i would never obviously do anything like that um uh, <laughs> but i did look at I it understand. and was like oh that'd be amazing to do and i was like will they accept someone from the other side of the world <laughs> like, i, I didn't see why not but I didn't. It was too tempting, but I'm happy enough to like live vicariously through the people that did get it, and just be happy for people <laughs> like yourself. Yeah. No, I understand. Uh, my first two years of my PhD, I couldn't take any outside jobs, so I um, I know where you're coming from with that. Kind of fucked, but you know, we do what we gotta. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I. I just kind of volunteer right now. They're still kind of trying to figure out stuff like just how in demand they're in. Like they knew they had to hire a lot of us, but they're still getting sorted out with everything, which is fine. Um, kind of, uh, you know, on call, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, but so far, like I've met most of the people I'll be working with, you know, everyone is super nice, super lovely, hilarious. Uh, <laughs> it's just an overall great workplace. And I think it really inspired my new career path. Definitely. So doing research or at least helping game developers, but not Maybe not directly, like I thought I wanted to, mm -hmm. but indirectly with mental health awareness. So, I mean, uh, which... to, to kind of backtrack a little bit, obviously we talked about your PhD, but what did you do at undergrad? Like, what did you study there? So, my undergrad, I was a psych major. Um, mm -hmm. I double majored in history, too, because I, you know, glutton for punishment, I guess. <laughs> I just really like history, <laughs> so... Um, it wasn't until maybe halfway through my undergraduate that I trout instead of counseling. So I met with my, one of my favorite professors of all time. Her name is uh, Dr. Judy Easton. Um, I had taken three of her classes. That's how much I liked her. Like I kind of stalked her schedule and took what she, <laughs> whatever she taught, and I told her, hey, I, I need to do an honors thesis because I was in the honors college. And I, I don't know what to do it over. And she knew I was a gamer. And she said, well, you know, we could do it over gaming. And I'm like, what? 
And she's like, yeah, you know, you like gaming and you got to do like a psych type experiment. Let's figure something out. And that blew my mind that you could do that. Um, And I remember when I was looking up literature for the thesis paper, I was not expecting there to be so much. This was in 2014. Right. So there was plenty of stuff, but little undergraduate me like had no idea just how vast gaming research was. Mm. And so I credit her with putting me on this path because she really uh, inspired and motivated me to study what I loved. That's pretty cool. And so uh finished my undergrad and then I did my master's in psych research so very similar to what I do now and that thesis was also over gaming okay well the reason the reason I asked that was mm-hmm. sort of because you know and, I, and like this episode is not sponsored by take this I, I mean I wouldn't take their money anyway but you should totally check take this out just as a point of reference <laughs> um, like we love take this uh, but like you know because i've genuinely like i'm sitting here doing a phd and i'm also a gluten for mm-hmm. punishment so i'm kind of sitting here going maybe i could go back and do like a master's in like game design or something just to like have that like the very you know the kelly dunlap-esque like you know, Dr. Oh, kelly dunlap, yeah. like be the complete package because that way i'd be like research <laughs> and like game design itself you know um have you thought about like as that as a potential route like you know oh no no um i i i admire her uh i don't want to say courage but her um tenaciousness to do that that's not really for me um i will stick to psychology because that's what i'm good at um i will work i will be happy to work with people who do that sort of thing but i can't know I feel a deep need to just clarify, by the way. I'm not saying I could do it or that I'd even get onto a course. I'm just saying maybe I should try. I don't think I'm that good. I'm just going to point that out. Uh, I just think, like, it'd be it'd be really good to have that string to the bow, you know? And, like, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I was going to ask you this anyway. Uh, have you had any, like, really, like, I'm going to say silly, but silly questions? Because I legit got mm-hmm. asked... Uh, and you know, I'm doing video games and mental health. It's my you know PhD. But someone legitimately asked me like, "Why didn't you make your own video game?" I was like, a, "That was a serious question." I got asked, and I was like, "Because I don't have a degree in game oh. design." Yeah, I'm not an artist. <laughs> I, I am. I'll admit, I'm scared of coding. Okay. <laughs> like even like R scares me sometimes. Um, like the statistical software. Oh yeah. So um, so what's R for those that don't know? Oh, R is a it's it's just a software program that you can use to do statistics for um psychology. Um I I was not trained with R. I was trained with SPSS, which is another statistical software. So yeah, you kind of so got co- like <laughs> SPSS <laughs> is kind of the the capitalist conglomerate. It's a very owned by a very big famous company, and it's very expensive oh, for universities. Yes, IBM, mm-hmm. and then like R is kind of like some. It's it's made by. It's designed to be like a coding program, right? So you can code it to run data. I know it's used a lot in like right what we call power analysis like you run numbers to estimate Mm -hmm. what will happen with your data i i went to a couple of workshops on it um 
run by the wonderful people at SciPag over here in the UK. And I it blew my, my mind. I could not keep up with it. I was like, I am. I I'll look at this when I have some more time because you know I, I'm gonna have some time doing a PhD. <laughs> you'll find it. Um, you don't know where you'll find it, but you'll find it. <laughs> I've stopped using the term spare time because none of my time is spare. I just have time no. when I'm not working or sleeping. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of carve out time wherever you can find it. No, I I know that that thought very well. Um, I mentioned before I have a daughter, a one-year-old, so... My yeah. complete <laughs> admiration for anyone with, with little people uh, and doing a, well, anything, to be honest. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Um, coding is not my thing. Um, that's something my husband's very good at. Like, that's his job is actually, he's a software engineer, so he does that sort of thing. Um, so I kind of use the excuse of, well, I don't need to know it because my husband does. Nice. <laughs> but um, speaking to, to you, you know, if you, if you're stubborn enough, go for it. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you not to. Like, if you feel like you want to do it, just do it. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, yeah, again, like, for, for, again, I apologize if, you, if you've heard this before, but like, you know, I like yourself, I went like straight psych, I did like forensic psychology, mm -hmm. criminal justice undergrad, did a master's in oh. psychology, and then like your PhD, Te like, it's technically cyber psychology, because it's, because like my, my director of studies is a cyber psychologist, sort of, you know, oh, that's by, right. by she trade, is. if you will, uh, mm -hmm. actually, she, she doesn't use the term cyber psychologist, because that's, it would technically be a protected title and we don't have those that's a legality thing again i'm backtracking um, but like you know someone <laughs> who studies cyber psychology specifically is a discipline mine's technically right. covered under that because it's digital uh and the whole, oh, the whole okay we we could spend the entire rest of the episode on what is a video game entire because that's a big question for some reason in research yeah. <laughs> but, uh, the point Fair. i was making with that was that like yeah straight psych and like it makes sense and it gives the ability to research but i would like for me as a research person i'd love to be able to make my own game and then test that that would be like the pinnacle in, in my view i know i know that there are some programs out there where you can make like your own very small game for research purposes and i because i've looked into it and i just even that was too complicated for me. I'm just like, I'll just find the right game to use Another, that's uh, already made. Another small plug, but the um, IGGI over here in the UK, they're, they're based in York and London. Uh, the, mm -hmm. the meaning of the acronym have, has just escaped my mind, but they, they are like that. It's a, it's, it's a research-based sort of PhD, but it's mostly people that can code and program, so you have to like have a portfolio to apply. And like mm -hmm. I went, I attended their conference online uh, a couple months back. Now, was it? Maybe mm -hmm. it was last month. Time is a man-made construct. It's fine. Um, oh, definitely. <laughs> like ignore that. Um, but like it was, it was really good. But it, it's rooted in that, like it's rooted in game design. You know, so like there are the two sides of the coin. I think, and right. I'm sure you know, you might not agree, but we just need to kind of get those us working together a bit more. Is the big missing piece? Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. Like. And it's funny because yeah, I spoke to him. I was like, as a psychologist, and like, yeah, we need you. Like, like, just keep badgering us, so like to be involved. And I'm like, 
but we want to just bring us in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I remember when I learned that, you know, the game industry as a whole needs researchers kind of like us to help them with, you know, stuff they need in the game or how they can make the game more appealing to audiences or how they can cater to what the audience needs. And I remember that moment blew my mind. Like, what? You need us? Okay. (laughs) I I remember the day I heard about Celia Holden's work on UX. (laughs) Like, that was... Oh, man. Yeah. That was a good day. I remember that day, too. That was a good day. Yeah. Sorry again. Like this is now just like two psychology video game people nerding, like just research crushing over people we like. Uh, Doctor Celia oh, Hoden yeah. is an excellent <laughs> psychology researcher and also video game designer who specializes in user experience and user design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're listening, Celia, big fans, big fans. Yeah. Thanks for doing cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> uh, sorry, big tangents. I apologize. Um, I forget what we were originally talking about, but just to circle around to, like, so you, you mentioned there you went doing the take this stuff. You mentioned it changed yes. your mind a little bit about what you want to do next. So what is right. that? What what now? Right now, in what is the year twenty twenty one? What's the dream? What's the dream job? I think it would be to work cl- more closely with take this. So as more than a workshop consultant, but maybe join their more permanent ranks. Uh, maybe working with Rachel Cowart a little bit more, Dr. Cowart, um, if you will, um, because she's the research director there. So I would follow what she does a, a little bit more than, say, Dr. B, who's more clinical. Um, I am not clinical at all, so I probably wouldn't go that route. Uh, but basically, think, to, I, to I, use I, my research for good. that's that's fair i was gonna like i don't want to put the burden of definition on yourself here but would you just mind explaining like the difference between like clinical psychology and and not for listeners benefit uh how i kind of go about it is you know if you're if you're a clinical psychologist you well at least this is what i know from my schooling like you're more you're gonna see clients or you're going to be, you know, maybe more of a therapist without doing the certification route. Um, you do more medically, medical things. Um, so I I believe there is some research involved, but it's not as research heavy as just being, well, a research psychologist. Yeah. That's... However, um, that definition is not, uh, what's the word? definitive i don't know <laughs> there you go yeah. definitive <laughs> no i mean it's it's genuinely really complex i mean like it, you know again in the uk like you know you can do medicine and then do psychology and then therefore be a psychiatrist you, you can also yes. do psychology and then like so in in like how i understand it is you know you have to do an undergraduate in psychology maybe a master's more specialized but then you would have mm-hmm. to do clinical at doctoral level and that is more you want to be working in uh hospital settings you want to be working in a much more like yes medical eye sort of view of like psychology that that's generally it and then in the in the uk at least everything else is kind of other disciplines and it kind of splits like into health and cyber psychology and all that that's pretty much how it is 
generally here in the United States. So um, I know clinical PhDs, they, they take way longer because um, you have to do maybe rotations or hours to get your clinical hours in that are required to graduate. And um, that I I'm not, I used to be interested in that, but now I'm like, nah, research only. I'm good with that. <laughs> PsyDs are like really, really like much rarer in the UK. They're, they're much harder to come by. A lot of them to get onto the program, you already have to have a job that facilitates you getting those hours. Like it's not like they mm. put you on a placement. Um, so they're much more, we, we tend to just have a lot more research-based kind of community in psychology in the UK. I mean, yeah. I might be wrong in that. That's maybe a general, that's my opinion. I don't have any data to back that up. But that's very much my impression, <laughs> particularly as someone who, you know, up until last year was looking at doctoral programs all the time to try and get onto them, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't know too much about PsyDs to comment. I was just always told during undergrad, you know, if you want to do research, PhD is the way to go. And I'm like, okay. So I, I didn't even look at any PsyD programs. So, I mean, no. I suppose the takeaway there is any aspiring psychologist, just, you know, find what you like and then pursue it. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Just be stubborn about it. Go for it. So to step away from work, you know, you, you mentioned you're a big gamer. I'm obliged to say, you know, um, what else do you do when you're not working? Uh, well, gaming. Uh, my daughter. I Sometimes I get on reading kicks. So I just finished reading Dune to get ready for the, oh. the new movie coming out. Um, didn't it get released over there with you, with y'all before no, us? No, that Europe, Europe have it. Europe have it. We don't get it until 21st of October, and I'm very angry about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think we get it the 22nd, so that's a bummer. I mean, if that isn't, and apologies for being political, but if that isn't Brexit, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> I want my dude now, Dermot. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, my my best friend is huge into Dune, and she's like, let's go see the movie. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, but you have to read the book first. And then I bought like a, it was a 800 page paperback version of it. And I'm like, okay, I, I guess I'll read it. And I, I liked it. I didn't think I would. <laughs> I'm not really big into sci-fi novels, so... Well, I am a, a huge Dune fan, so I feel a big need to just... let We'll keep it spoiler-free. Keep it spoiler-free yes. for the benefit of the movie coming out. For but sure. What, like, what what did you think? Because I'm a big... I've read all of the books. I'm actually rereading them. Oh. Like, like yourself, I reread Dune to get into the movie, and I was like, you know what? Let's just go through the whole series again. Because <laughs> I'm at the end of uh, the third book, Children of Dune, at the moment. I will say it's a bit easier for me because like you know being a person with a visual impairment i listen to audiobooks um that makes it a bit easier to digest oh, okay. so, like, i can i can read dune and walk my dog at the same time uh, or like you know i can multitask because listening is a little bit easier um right so it's a bit easy for me to consume them but like oh wow dune is is good i i appreciate audiobooks i'm more of a fan of I guess the more traditional way with a paperback, but audiobooks, I'm I'm very grateful that they exist because people like you and people like who just can't sit down with a book can still enjoy a book. You know what I mean? I really like, sorry, this is like a tangent within a tangent within a tangent. Go like, for it. I remember like when 
they tried to market audiobooks like to mass market like i remember mm-hmm. like when audible like wasn't owned by amazon if you can if you can remember that far back and like it I was can't. like <laughs> whoa like they're like they're trying to sell audiobooks to not blind people no one no one's gonna no one's gonna pick that up <laughs> and then like podcasts <laughs> became a thing so and everyone just and then everyone realized i actually quite listen to people go on about stuff and that's basically what an audiobook is <laughs> Pretty much. Um, okay. I, I liked it. Um, I think the first maybe 50 to 100 pages, like before they get to the Dune planet, Arrakis, mm. are a little slow. Um, but once they arrive and uh, stuff hits the fan, if you will, um, I couldn't put it down. I was like, I have to know, <laughs> like, what's Paul doing? What, you know, what is the Baron doing? What's, uh, what's Lady Jessica doing? Like, I, I had to know everything. So. Okay, so I think actually, so, so, you know, I, I got excited because you mentioned June. Um, but for those that, that don't know, it's, it's a sci-fi novel written by Frank Herbert. I think the original was like sixty-five. Yes. Yep, it's, it's that old. Um, there was an, a nineteen like eighty four movie directed yep. by David Lynch, which many people don't like. I haven't seen it, but I do want to watch it because I'm a David Lynch fan. Side tangent, um, but the the general yo, know, it's it's very very metaphorical, very uh, allegorical, oh, if you will. Definitely, um, you know it's it's it kind. I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it was very inspirational behind Game of Thrones. If you like that, you'll probably like June because it's a these houses. Uh, there is lots of political mm-hmm. stuff going on. There's lots of action stuff going on. It's like you mm-hmm. know, you you kind of have to envisage all the pieces on the chessboard at once to get a real idea of what's going on. But as you say, like you get yeah. invested in these individual characters. Like, well, what's Paul gonna do? What's Lady Jessica up to? Whose motivations are really behind who? Yes, I I think the writing behind the characters are is probably my favorite part. The environment. Okay, I, I get you know Dean's important. The spice is important. All right. Yeah, this, this, isn't, this real... isn't a spoiler, but like spice <laughs> is a metaphor for oil. <laughs> Everyone wants all of it. Oh, it is. Wow, I didn't think of that. Mind blown. Anyway, uh, the char- the way the characters were written really like kept me going, and I do plan on getting Dean Messiah to read next um, once I have some reading time <laughs> so I, I like i like yeah. messiah it's a, definitely a change of pace and it's much smaller much shorter than than the original june but oh good okay um, <laughs> one of the, and then this is this is like proper literary stuff but like you know i'm a fan of lord of the rings but there's that like age-old meme of like tolkien spends five pages describing a tree um for as long as june is like that yeah. 800 pages not much of it goes to waste you really do get a very good sense of the world and the groups of people and their beliefs and the universe and mm-hmm. how everything interconnects. And, and like you say, like if you go down that rabbit hole, you, I, I'm super invested. Yeah, I'll have to let you know what I think of Dune Messiah then because uh, my advisor, um, he's, we were actually talking about Dune at our meet, in our meeting yesterday, yesterday, Monday. And he's like, well, the the books get a little worse as they go on. So, and I'm like, okay, well, I'll I'll, I'll take all of them with a grain of salt. So, 
Hopefully they they hook me as much as the original. Um, I we'll Again, see. I'll go out on a limb and I'll say I think Children of Dune is my favourite uh, out of the lot. I've read... Because, like, so the six novels originally written by Frank Herbert, then he passed away, and there was this whole supposed... There was a seventh novel that his mm-hmm. son and a writer wrote, but they split it in two books. They're definitely not as good. You, just the style of writing is not quite up there, but I read it because yeah. I, I, I want that conclusion to the story. Um, mm-hmm. Since then, there's been like a whole load of prequels and spin-offs about the houses and stuff. And people are like, if you really, really like June, read it. You know, if it, but you know they're definitely not as good. So I kind of agree that like they they maybe do decline a little bit, but like they're so good anyway. That's not okay. it's not bad. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like yeah, um, I'll give it a shot. And like a, like three and four is pretty good. I think again, like spoiler free. The, the the wildest thing I think to get your head around is that <laughs> one, two, and three all follow each other quite soon in time. I think there's only like a decade between like the start of June and like the end of Children of June, and then there's like a big leap. And I think that can be like why a lot of people are like, well, this feels really disconnected. Uh, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. All right. I'll keep I'll keep that in mind. Sorry, big fan. June tangent over. So you like to read? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I mean, it. honestly, it's mostly gaming, either with my husband or I'll get on my... Uh, my friend has a huge Discord where we all... Most of us get on every night. And usually we're all playing different games or some of us will be playing a game together while the others are playing their own thing. But we all just talk and chill and it's it's what i do most nights so that's when i play well I, i'm kind of playing a lot of games right now so i don't know okay. if you want to go so into let, that so let me <laughs> let me just sort of say like what so what do you play on what what formats platforms oh um pc definitely yeah. uh i have a ps5 we were very fortunate to get one um those are the main two we do have a Switch, but I haven't played it in a minute. And then that's it. Okay, so then have like have you played anything good lately? You want to tell us about what you've been playing? So I am the kind of person who plays a lot of games at once, depending on my mood, uh, what platform I'm on. Um, uh, my husband and I share a Steam account because it's just easier for games that way. So if he's using Steam, what am I going to play on Xbox Game Pass? You know. So overall, let's see. I'm replaying Kingdom Hearts 3 on nice. the PS5. Um, I'm playing Stardew Valley with one of my best friends. We're going through it together. Uh, playing The Binding of Isaac, which is a a roguelike dungeon crawler, one of my favorite games of all time. It, it, um, uh, for, for anyone that just Googles that, it, it's quite graphic, though. Do do look after yourselves. It is, yes. It's kind of disturbing if you're not used to the game or Ed McMillan's uh, sense of humor, if you will. Yeah. Uh, he also made uh, Super Meat Boy. So if y'all are familiar with that. Um, I'm replaying Hades, which is another one of my favorite games. I mean, when you say so replay, is... I mean, like, the, the roguelikes ever actually end? So, no. 
<laughs> I, I completed Hades on the Switch last year, um, shortly after I gave birth to my daughter. So being on the Switch was very easy to be in bed with her, watching her as a newborn. Um, and then I... I got it again on PC because I had an itch for it. And I'm like, I want achievements this time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I'm playing Boyfriend Dungeon, actually. I know uh, another Take This Plug. Uh, they were playing it on their Twitch channel. My, like, okay, let's just talk for a hot minute because, oh, my days. That was <laughs> hilarious. Like, honestly, it'll be on YouTube. So I'll put a link in the description because, honestly, it's just worth watching. It was hilarious uh i i'm putting this way i like you know i like take this so much i watch the streams back because you know time zones it's usually starting when i'm going to bed over here but like oh yeah oh my days that boyfriend dungeon i did not expect dr b to blush quite as easily as he did and it was brilliant <laughs> the game is yes yeah, definitely more blush worthy than i anticipated it's um, um it's, it's a dungeon crawler uh dating sim and yeah it's really it gets really uh out there i mean you know for, you know, like, I... for again like listeners <laughs> benefits like you know the 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 pe- persons that you can date by and large are all like they're also weapons so you know just sword jokes in there just like i'll let you work oh, out yourself plenty um <laughs> and uh yeah, I maybe uh, my friend says I'm like halfway through that, so we'll see how that goes. And then, you know, just a lot of multiplayer games. So Splitgate's really popular right now, which is like Halo meets Portal, which is cool. really fun. Um, uh, you know, never want to turn down Jackbox or Among Us, you know, a, a lot of multiplayer stuff that my friends and I can just put on real quick and play. Hop in, hop out. Pretty much. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, so yeah. I think we, we've, we've kind of like, we've, we've exchanged tweets to the effect before, but you're a big Kingdom Hearts fan. So that's my favorite gaming series of all time. Nice. Um, yes. Um, I got... can you explain <laughs> oh no <laughs> again for, for like I... listeners benefit like it's a well-known meme that the kingdom hearts like i'm gonna say canon just doesn't make sense i i will defend it to the extent to where i if you play all the games and if you actually like care about the universe and the canon it's not too too difficult but if you're not if you're just not going to be that into it then yes it gets comically difficult and uh i know some people love kingdom hearts to the point where they will you know die defending it like on the internet i'm not one of those like if you don't like it that's fine um but it stuck with me since the first game came out. I got it for Christmas when I was like 10. And, uh, well, <laughs> I just, I've loved it ever since. So, have you got a favorite game in the series? Yes, Kingdom Hearts 2. So good. I have reliably um, heard that is like the quote unquote best one. 
That is the best one. Um, the combat that evolved from the first game. Um, exploration, just the sheer amount of stuff you can do. The the only issue people have with it, and I I tend to agree, is that that's when the story really gets starts to get complicated because it just starts introducing so many new characters and motives and plot lines. But again, if you love the universe, you're gonna stick with it, and it it won't be that difficult. Because I'm yeah. I'm saying this as someone who's only played the first one, and like mm-hmm. it it was good, you know. Like I didn't do all the extra mm-hmm. stuff, and like the gummy ship stuff was a bit weird. But like you know, yeah. And that fi- <laughs> all right, and again, no spoilers, but that that final boss took the absolute biscuit. It went on forever. You couldn't save. It, oh. My, like I ended up cheesing well, that by just like letting Goofy repeatedly revive and, and sort that out himself. <laughs> I just, I, I was not good enough to deal with that. Um, yeah, I just had no business. I mean, it is a, it, it's an action JRPG, but a JRPG final boss, like, come on, you know they have to be dramatic and difficult, and it has like at least three forms, <laughs> you know, um. Yeah, the first one's great. It's not top tier for me anymore, but I still it's still regarded as the one of the best. And you can play the first game kind of in a vacuum and appreciate it. And that that's what I like about it, maybe the most. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so, have you got anything else that like you're playing that you would just like straight up like recommend? Like, because I mean, you you can play a bunch of games, so it doesn't necessarily mean they're all good, right? Well, uh, you know, I'm at that point in my life where I don't have time to play games that I don't necessarily enjoy, you know? Um, so if I start a new game and I'm not really hitting the six with it, if you will, um, I'm just, I'll just stop playing it. So I, I would personally recommend all the games I'm playing right now. If I had to pick one, it would be Hades, definitely. Um, it won... God knows how many awards last year, just like game of the year all over the internet. But the the combat, the story, the music, oh man, the music like makes me tear up. It's very good. <laughs> um, the environment, just if, if you enjoy, well, if you enjoy roguelikes, so if you, if you enjoy not having the same exact environment and gameplay, over and over again, um, you'll re- you'll love it. And uh, not that I'm trying to be a shill, but it is on Xbox Game Pass. So if you have Game Pass, you should give it a try. No, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm also just a big fan of Greek mythology, so. Both. Yeah, that game actually inspired me to read the Iliad. <laughs> oh wow! I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty yeah. bold. Yeah, it got me into a lot of like Greek myth type novels and the Iliad, and I'm like, oh man, I was never interested in it before playing this game. So I mean, I was I was gonna recommend Stephen Tr- Fry's trilogy of Greek books, but it sounds like you've read everything you might have commented on. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's that's pretty cool. Well, Hades. I mean, again, I haven't played it. I'm I'm kind of like the antithesis of yourself in your gaming attitudes and that. Um, firstly, mm. my golden rule of thumb, 
uh, and it is for every pound that I spend on a game, I want to get an hour out of it. Like I'm, I, I kind of it blows my mind that you can buy That's like fair. a game for like fifty pounds, sixty dollars. And like it, the main campaign's six hours long, and I'm like, wow, that's a really bad return. Because I haven't got time to play through a campaign on eight different difficulty levels, doing the same thing, yeah. but just slightly harder. Uh, yeah. Personal opinion. Um, but I also try and like to finish games. I get a big satisfaction of ticking games off. So I kind of alternate between a game that I've started and not finished, and a game that I haven't mm-hmm. touched. And you know. Like everyone else on it's the planet, here. I have a huge Steam library that is far too large. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yes. It's on I sale. Have, I, I must buy it. I want to say our library is maybe 200 games at least, and I still want to replay Witcher 3 again. <laughs> like, I haven't learned my lesson. <laughs> okay, so again, another confession, but I have never actually played any of the Witcher games. I've got the first one, and everyone's like, Mm-hmm. like chris it's not lin- you just play the third one it's not you don't have to have played the first two and i'm like there's just that now you know that bit in my lizard brain that's like but the first two came before it so i have to play those first so the first one is difficult to play the gameplay is very dated i personally could not get through it i'm like i'm gonna look up a synopsis that's it. The second one is is good. It's a very good precursor to the third one where it's a little bit more open and you can do more. But man, the third game just top five games of all time. Uh, I, I understand what your brain is telling you, but I must agree with everyone who's talking to you about it. You <laughs> definitely try to get into it. The third one. I should just just play it and just have reckless abandon and just. Yes, um, it's a it's an amazing game. Uh, you know, there might be some. Well, now that I think about it, there might be some issues with uh, accessibility that may be a hindrance that I that I kind of don't need to think about. So maybe he's looking into that first. Yeah, I mean but... that you know that's a side thing. I think like particularly. Um... <coughs> I it's partly an excuse and also a tasting, but like that's one of the reasons I find MMOs really difficult to pick up because there's usually a heck of a lot going on. And I, oh, I'm, God, yeah. I'm a gamepad gamer, so like using a keyboard, I'd be like, wait a minute, what am I? What have I got to press? And then I'm like, my keyboard's in my face, and then like the screen. Because a lot of the time, the accessibility options, quote unquote, is just we'll make everything bigger, and then like you just can't see the screen. <laughs> yeah. My my, um, um, my really like for for no. those listening, if you if you need a, a real quick accessibility, just play the game in a lower resolution. <laughs> it just makes everything bigger. It might it might it be a bit derpy on your graphics card, but it helps. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um. Okay. So I mean, you know, avid avid gamer, love to see it. Love to see. Yep. It. Um, definitely. I really like, and I know you touched on it, but like the the community aspect of the gaming that you have, like you'll just jump home with friends and. You might be multiplayer or you'll just be playing different things but you'll still be chatting like that's mm-hmm. that's really good i think that's you know you i mean you're researching it but that that social connection like you don't have to mm-hmm. play be playing the game with someone to have a shared connection with it right definitely 
Um, so we're sort of coming towards um, the end of sort of the, the standard questions as I have them. Um, okay. But before we get on to that, though, I do want to ask. Um, so and it's something that we spoke about before the show, but let's talk about teaching. So as it's oh, very yeah, common yeah, yeah. for PhD programs that you're in, you have to do some teaching. I've, I've mm-hmm. been speaking uh, this week, um, you know, about the fact that at the time of recording next week, I'll be teaching for the every, very ever first time. Uh, oh, it's a bit of a yikes. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, teaching, yeah. Tell, give me, give me the the skills. Give me the skinny. Oh, oh boy. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I can get gave you all the skills. Uh, <laughs> how, well, how how big is your class? Um, I don't actually know. I don't. I, I said genuine. I think it's probably written somewhere, but I don't know. But it's it's a seminar on like. St- basically statistics it's basically stats and like okay. uh, research design kind of stuff oh okay so well i mean depending on class size is what i was kind of the advice i would maybe give you because it, i've it's, taught it's seminars so it's not lectures it's going to be like a smaller group size they'll be working through stuff oh okay so the actually the first class i taught was a a lab for statistics where i taught uh, sophomore, junior level undergrads, how to use SPSS. Yeah, so is that so, kind of stuff? Oh, perfect. Um, probably the biggest piece of advice I have for you then is just be patient. <laughs> um, for a lot of your students, this is probably going to be the first time they've laid eyes on the software. It's going to be guess. the first time I've seen it in a very long time. I'll tell you that for nothing. So definitely go through the lesson on your own before teaching it um, just to kind of brush up on it. But teaching is the best way to learn. When I taught that class, I re-remembered a whole lot of SPSS that I did not learn when I took that class. (laughs) Um, But Yeah, you're going to be dealing with students who maybe aren't statistically minded. Uh, Maybe those who see the program you're using and freeze up. Um, Just have patience and be able to do a lot of examples or the same example over and over. Because, you know, like I said, for a lot of them, this is probably the first time they've seen this, and they're like, "What is going on?" <laughs> so, and don't be afraid to like, you know, help them individually as well. You know, maybe some students have an issue with one part of the lesson that other students don't have, and they could be too scared to speak up. You know, just offer to help them either after class or during class. You know, um, and just be honestly, you're going to hear this a lot. Be yourself, <laughs> you know, so students don't off my students, at least thought it was great that somebody who, you know, loved gaming, loved, you know, the last same music they liked, you know, was actually teaching them instead of your maybe stereotypical older person you know, teaching a class, you know, you're, you're almost one of them, except a little bit older (laughs) and a little bit wiser, you know? 
So use that to your advantage. I they will respect you for doing so. Definitely concerned that I'm going to be like in a room full of like fresh-faced undergrads, 18, and I'm going to be there like, I'm so old. They're going to be like, they're going to be like who's this dinosaur teaching us? You know what I mean? <laughs> The age comparison between you and them is definitely not as bad as, you know, probably some of their other professors, you know, you you know, don't, don't be like that Steve Buscemi meme where you're like, (laughs) hello, fellow children. Like, don't do that. (laughs) But, you know, you've, you've been where they are uh, at a more, you know, recent time than their other professors. So you can use that to your advantage. Like, You've been in their shoes and in their seat literally not that long ago, you know. And at least in my experience, teaching statistics and intro to psych, like, they'll respect you for it. They'll respect you more if you, you know, admit, you know, I don't know. If you say I don't know and, you know, look up the answer rather than BSing your way through it, you know, they'll respect it. <laughs> I mean, that's just like a pro-life advice tip. <laughs> like, like True, but, you know, uh, I, I think some people are afraid to say, I don't know, especially when they're in, where they're in that position of, you know, I don't want to say power, but like that you position kind of, over people. You're expected to know things, right? Like you're, someone is essentially paying you to, to know these things, right? I think that's maybe where it comes from. In, in this scenario, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, you get this whole uh, thing, this dynamic. Just, I, I feel like you see it a lot in life where people just seem to be very reticent to just be like, oh, I don't know. They'd rather BS it and just try and be like, oh, yeah, like look it up yourself kind of shenanigans. So when that happens, in my experience, especially when I taught intro to psychology, because intro is a very mishmashed little bit of everything class. I don't know everything about psych. Oh my God. So if they ask me a question and I'm like, I don't know, I would first ask them, do you mind looking it up? So I can know and the rest of the class can know. And then if we can't find an answer, I usually just write it down uh, for next class time. And then at the beginning of the next lecture, I'll be like, Hey, last week, the student asked this, here's the answer to that. So, and I have legitimately Googled things in the middle of lecture. It's okay. <laughs> you know, it happens. Just, you know, they're 18 year olds. <laughs> they're 18 Use year that olds. to your advantage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, again, yeah. this is maybe like a more of a, a standard phd question but like how did you like personally find managing the like teaching alongside doing the research because that's a you know a common common at loggerheads kind of moment yeah i really just days i taught were teaching days like i didn't really do much of my research work during those days. So I could be more focused on teaching. So those were days where I would grade or manage like our class uh, page, like web page, if you will. <clears throat> those were days where I had my office hours. 
I, it's easier for me personally to make teaching days and research days like separated out just so my mind can be focused on that. Mm -hmm. If you are able to do that, that is what I'd recommend. Um, I don't know how your schedule looks. So <laughs> I do think like that's in an ideal world, you know, that's the, definitely you want to be able to sort of compartmentalize it and just, because, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, if you've, if you've ever tried to do more than one thing on the same day, like it can legitimately be like quite difficult to try and switch like your mind's focus, you know? Yeah. Switching gears can often be more detrimental than anything. And unless you absolutely need to, um, well, unless the, unless I had to, that is what I tried to do. And it was successful maybe 90% of the time. Um, oh, here's another tip just from teacher to teacher. Don't answer emails on the weekends. Don't do it. <laughs> like, well, that's that's a, you, you might think you're doing a nice thing. <laughs> But then all you're really doing is setting up that expectation of the fact that you're available and like strict working hours. I have office hours for a reason. Yeah. So um, I, I guess you have a, I'm guessing you have a syllabus mm -hmm. like for your, yeah. Um, it was, it was hammered into me pretty quickly that you need to set up realistic response times. So my rule of thumb was I'll respond within 24 hours during the work week or a uh, if you email me later than like 9 p.m. Friday, I'm not getting back to you till Monday. I, I I don't know my like university's like policy like strictly, mm -hmm. but I think it's like 48 hours, 48 working hours. Like yeah, that's pretty typical. Um, you will have students who ignore that. Um, you just need to be very firm. That's fair. And again, that is that is mostly for your benefit as a human being, <laughs> not to be on call for them. But yeah, I mean, they are mostly what freshmen, right? Yep. Yeah. So if you if you set the stage that way for them, like, hey, don't expect instant, like feedback or an email then hopefully they will carry that through their college career yeah so it's setting up good habits now yes uh, okay well i i mean i appreciate that advice <laughs> if you if you find yourself teaching in the future i'm you know very as a listener very helpful advices um mm -hmm. so my next couple of questions are sort of a couple of my favorite the first one is um what would be your blue sky research project so you've got unlimited resources finances people participants you've got access to everything what would you like to research mm -hmm. I, I say this every episode but mine would be get people to play celeste and like just mark their responses on that because for me celeste is the perfect game it's got mental health themes it's wonderful oh. the soundtrack is absolutely dank um and like just getting I'm so bad at platformers <laughs> i haven't played it yet like that, that longitudinal kind of like just however many hours it takes you just chartering your experience with it that would be mine yeah um i so my dissertation is actually one that i changed uh when covid hit 
<coughs> excuse me. My original project was to study couples in gamings Ooh. and to see how um, gaming could help couples communicate with each other. That was my original dissertation idea. I've just got like and mental it... images of like people having fights over overcooked or something. <laughs> um, I I was gonna bring people and like couples into the lab and have them play either together or separated or have a set of conditions and randomization. But COVID, you know, uh, ruined that. Um. I think that would be my project is to go back to that because I was, I got really attached to it. I really wanted to do it. Um, I had a lot of stuff set up for it too. I mean, like you could do, I mean, there's so much you could look at there. I mean, like, like oh, even definitely. like platonic couples of like friends, like, you know, mm -hmm. like as well as like romantic couples, you can compare the differences there. Like, oh, there'd be so much to look at. Yeah. Like, that'd be really interesting. Mm -hmm. what stuff would you have people play what would your, your experimental games be out of interest i don't think i got that far actually because that was something i was having trouble deciding like what game should they play like it would have to be a game to where the skill set needed wouldn't be crazy because I, I would need to bring in couples who don't play games together too mm -hmm. <clears throat> to have a comparison set. So, you know, like, is the Mario Kart skill set low enough? You know, I overcooked would be too much. Like, I can barely get through a round of overcooked without well, freaking Well, that's the out. thing. Like, the actual... It's like, with overcooked specifically, you know, it's a little cooking simulator for those that, that don't know. You know, mm -hmm. its control scheme's very simple, but the actual game is really hard. Um, right. Because, like, my, my gamer brain was, like, one condition overcooked. Um, so, like, there's, so it's local, so they communicate. You could get people to do Portal mm -hmm. 2. Like where they're in the room or where they're not, so they have to use like the in-game oh. like emotes and see how 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 much harder that is to communicate. That like, would be crazy. <laughs> but like, is that that's maybe like asking for a lot from maybe someone that doesn't play games, you know? Right. This is um, why research is so good. People like fun does fun this research. <laughs> um. Well, It Takes Two did come out not too long ago, and apparently that's one of the quintessential, like, couple co-op games right now. I haven't played it yet, but um, I would look into that, definitely. Uh, there is so much to choose from. It would really depend on what conditions I decide to go with, but something where the skill set's not crazy. Like, it, the game doesn't require a whole lot from you. Yeah, like I'm not gonna put up Smash Ultimate or something like that because that <laughs> would just be uh, too much. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's the thing. You, you, yeah, there'd have to be a lot you'd put into that. But that's a really good. Again, and we're talking Blue Sky, so like you'd be able to do it. Like there'd be infinitesimal oh, yeah. resources and stuff. That'd be that'd be great. I'd be able to measure so much, and I could actually pay them a good participant payment for their time <laughs> yeah uh we can we can dream <laughs> <laughs> um so one of my last like 
big questions is, and this you know, it's still sort of a new one that I introduced mid-season. But is there anything or anyone that inspires you and in what you do that you'd like to kind of give notice to? I preface it that way because you know many people can gain inspiration from many things and many people themselves. But is there anyone that you kind of like would specifically like to give a little shout out to now? Um. So I did think about it because she warned me ahead of time and I appreciate that. Um, it wouldn't be just one person. It would probably be the entirety of my Discord community. Um, we call ourselves the Lethosphere um, for reasons I'm not even sure, but <laughs> that's just the name of our Discord. Um, but all every single one of my best friends is there. And I know that if I'm having a difficult time with anything, they, any one of them, at least any one of them would be there to help me no matter what. And I, I'm definitely putting them in my acknowledgement section on my dissertation. Like they are one of the big reasons I'm still going, honestly. Um, even though I had a child and even though COVID happened, you know, they are, I'm, I'm doing this for me ultimately. Like this PhD is for me, like I 100%, but I couldn't do it without them. Like every single one of those people are amazing to me and I love them very much. No, I that. That's great. That's a great answer. I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's, <laughs> it's it's not a thing that I think maybe, okay, again, I'm being very broad sweeping, but like as a society, society mm-hmm. we're not very good at, uh, you know, there's that joke, maybe it's a very British thing, but like, oh, we love to complain and not congratulate enough. And then I think it's really good to pay, <laughs> uh, to show gratitude to, to people. Uh, it's a really important thing to do. And that's, that's a real nice one, particularly when, you know, in this case, you've got a real community that, uh, inspire mm-hmm. and sort of help you push on it's really nice yeah um, yeah thank you so my final sort of little set uh my favorite uh like because it's it's just a really fun thing I, i've learned a lot from a lot of people from these ones but it's the quick fire questions so okay. you are on a fantasy retreat to a a deserted type of land that you would like because you know you'd say maybe a desert island but i mean that certainly wouldn't be my bag so i don't know about anyone else um, and it's a retreat, <laughs> you're not being exiled there or nothing, but you're allowed okay, to take okay. one film or movie, um, an album, a book, and um, a, a game of some sort. Like people have had board games or you know whatever. You're allowed like all the all the tech to you know, like one box there. Oh, you're allowed boy. all the things to you know use them, but like you're only allowed to take one with you. What do you pick? Okay. So my film would be Clerks. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, it's a Kevin Smith film. I believe it was his first movie. Um, I can quote a lot of that movie verbatim. And <laughs> I feel like that's one I don't get tired of. And the soundtrack's really good. Um, my game. Oh, gosh. Uh, one with a lot of replayability. So I probably, you know what? I'd pick Skyrim. Nice. 
I I would definitely because I I've done a lot of different builds in Skyrim and it's really easy to do like don't touch bows this game or don't touch shields or magic or only magic you know so there's a lot of replayability there uh one book oh boy again we're, we're very I... flexible you can have like a collection or like a box set of like it, if it would physically be packaged as a box set that's totally fine oh well I guess I would put the whole entirety Witcher box set together then, because I love the novels a lot. Um, and I read them after I played the third game. So, uh, yeah, I kind of did that backwards. And then album, I know it. I know it's going to be a Rush album, but I, oh, but which one? I think Ooh, I'm gonna do, do go... You go for an album. Do you go for greatest hits? Ooh. Oh, I'm gonna go. I'll, I'll just go with the classic uh, "2112" by Rush. Um, oh, do I though? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna stick to that answer because I know I'm gonna change it every second I think about it. So. That's fair enough. I mean, I, I always it's just real nice to hear the variety and, and the the logic people go down to pick the, the things. It's really interesting to see it happen. Um the yeah. last question I have for you is do you have <laughs> any questions for me? Oh, what is your what is your desert island uh setup look like? Um I actually did get asked this a couple episodes ago, but I can't actually okay. remember what I said. Uh, <laughs> So, so like to rattle it off, like this time again, like book. I probably take the June series with me. Uh, okay, I'm enjoying those a lot at the minute. Film, my all-time favorite film um, is The Mask. Although I, I, and I said this at the time, but I haven't rewatched it, so I don't know if it's not aged well. Uh, so, the Jim Carrey version. The Jim Carrey version. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's that's a that's a good movie. Um, old movie, but gold. Yeah. Um, definitely. Album. Uh, so someone will be in the comments telling me if I said the same things as last time or not. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, album like Fallout Boys, Folly of Death, uh, just one of my all-time favorite albums. I, for me, I'm you know I'm mm. one of those people where like I like an album to tell a story and be self-contained and feel like you right. start at one point and go to another. Um, okay. Albeit the title is like maybe a little bit problematic, you know, because Folly of Death is a French psychiatric term that's no longer used called the shared madness of two and yeah it's a bit icky mm. um but like it was kind of meant to be used because it was outdated and it's a, it's more about the conception than the actual term itself um but i love yeah. that album like one of those like you know proper teenage emo kind of ones that just really really speak to speak to me uh a yeah. video game uh, you know again um i can't remember what i said last time i think I, I love a lot of games. I love a lot of games. I love a lot of sort of stuff like RPGs. But the games mm -hmm. I have sunk the most hours into are all football, like soccer games. Yeah. I mean, I'm British and I'm from Liverpool, so, you know, we like football where well. I'm from. <laughs> um, so it'd just, it just be like a, a really crappy version of like Pro Evo or something, just because I could just <laughs> play it for years. Give me Master League. I'll just accelerate. It's like the year 2050 and just have a great time. 
I mean, that is a game with a lot of replayability too. So I'm you know? like, and I'll, I'll freely admit, I'm bad for. I just, I just love, I love football that much that I can sit there and just play it. I love the feeling of scoring every goal. I love the tactics yeah. of sorting a team out. Um, yeah. Hey, whatever, whatever. <laughs> melt your butter, if you will. Yeah, exactly. It just, it just, <laughs> it just does the thing for me, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, yeah. So with with that, I, yeah, bring the episode to a close. Amanda, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. I have yeah, truly been psyched. Thank you for having me to be with you. Uh, it's it's just great to. I like to call it networking, so I like to say this is this is me working uh, with other really great psychology, video game, game studies nerd people. It's great to be able to to meet and to to share the space. Yay! Uh, I I completely agree. Um, yeah, we were totally working this whole time. Oh yeah, this is <laughs> business. Yeah, you know, like uh, on LinkedIn, just like well, I was a guest on a podcast. Uh, it's a pretty big deal. Like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just have you got anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? Um, no, <laughs> that's I'm fine. good. That's um, fine. Yeah, I don't have anything to plug, so just I had a good time. This was fun. Um, so uh, obviously for the uh, people watching on on the YouTube, and obviously attached to the description, there's a little link to your Twitter and stuff. Is there anywhere else that mm-hmm. people would like? need to go if they wanted to find out more about you or is just twitter the the hot space to be just twitter i don't really uh put anything anywhere else so yeah that's fair enough right well for the uh people with a visual connection to the podcast uh, we're going to move over to the ending screen when i can find it there it is uh as ever everyone thank you for listening i really appreciate it i hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as i have and until then Mm -hmm. Until I see you next time, look after your mind, body, and soul. Goodbye. Bye. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Psych to be with you. I really hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. As ever, if you did enjoy it, please leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really, really helps. If you want to keep up with all things Blind Psyche, check out the episode description for a link, or you can go direct to linktr.ee forward slash Blind Psyche. Thank you so much for listening. As ever, look after your mind, body, and soul, and I will see you again very, very soon. Bye-bye.